Hey guys, welcome back. It's True Confessions Property Management. I'm your host, Rebecca Jenkins, and on this podcast, we hear 100% real life stories from property management professionals. If you're a first responder, ER doc, or you work on the Hill in DC, I know you have OMG stories, but what most people don't get is that property managers do too. In an industry where fire, flood, or blood is just a normal thing, we have to act professional in the most unprofessional moments. On today's show, we're talking to Sarah. Remember, all the names in the stories have been altered, communities, locations, and companies excluded, and the only thing you're gonna hear is the juicy details of her story. Enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to hear your stories. I've got a couple crazy ones for you, so I'm excited to share them. Perfect. Let's get into it. So my first one is about a FBI raid um, that I witnessed, actually. So... I couldn't have been more than, I think, like 18, 19 years old at the time. And I was working at this community in a phenomenal location. I mean, it was one of the most expensive communities that we had in the state at that time. And people pay a lot of money to live there. And so, of course, they expect perfection. And so there was so much that happened on the back end to keep things just perfect and beautiful and running like a well-oiled machine for the residents. So it wasn't uncommon for us to be there, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, sometimes two hours after the office would close. And we would close the doors um, so that no more residents would come in and we could kind of finish up administrative tasks for the day. And the doors were see-through glass, as most uh, apartment community doors tend to be. So on occasion, someone would always walk up to the door, bang on it, um, disregard the office hour sign, and hope to be helped. And we would typically just kind of try and wave them off. And so on one particular night, a gentleman walked up to the door, banged on it pretty intensely, uh, which kind of irritated me, to be honest. (laughs) And um, so I kind of just waved him off, and then he slammed a badge on the door kind of saying to me like look woman um I'm with the police and you need to let me in so I let him in and my coworker was there with me thank goodness but he just comes strolling in and he explains that um he is a trying to think what his title would be but you know a detective with the FBI and he explains to me that he has a warrant And he needs to go to a particular apartment. And he said that he couldn't really give more detail than that. But we needed to let him in or he would find his own way in is essentially what he told us. So, of course, we called our manager because we had no idea how to handle a scenario like that. And he was kind enough that he waited for um, my manager to get there. And then because it was a mid-rise And you needed like a fob to get up through the elevators and navigate around. Uh, He asked us to guide him back to where the particular apartment was that he was trying to get to. So um, we are walking through the hallway with a couple FBI agents. Of course, residents are curious at that point. Um, They're peeking out of their front doors trying to see what's going on. Are they in like full gear? 
No, not full gear. I mean, it wasn't like we were walking around with a SWAT team or anything, but you could definitely okay. tell that they were members of law enforcement because um, they had their badges out and, you know, they were armed. <laughs> so we're walking through the hallways with them and they bang on this particular residence door. My heart is pounding because he's not really given any detail as to why he has a warrant, what he's looking for, what the crime would have been. Although he told us this is a, you know, not a good guy that we are coming after, obviously. Um, And then the resident didn't answer the door. So he um, asked us for the key. He was so polite not to bust the door in. (laughs) Yeah. Because that is something they can do if they need to. Yeah. And um, it was pretty anticlimactic from that point. I mean, you could tell that someone had left in a hurry. There were still furniture items in there and, you know, food items in the fridge and things like that. But there was no one there. And they did a full sweep of the apartment. My manager did let them know, even though they had a warrant, um, that she would prefer to be in the hallway while they completed their sweep. So we all just sat cross-legged in the hallway while uh, they did their raid. And then that was that. Um, But then a couple days later... Um, after they had found who they were looking for, we did, um, you know, catch more details in the news and they had, uh, been looking for a big, big, major drug dealer. Um, and we're not talking like marijuana, we're talking cocaine. So we had a cocaine dealer, um, living in our lovely community um and of course the residents asked us you know what was that all about what's going on and so we had to find a way to kind of explain it away um without letting them know that a cocaine dealer had been living in the community (laughs) they seized his cars from the parking lot it was like a Porsche and I want to say a Bentley as well so he was a a big time drug dealer (laughs) there you go just you know normal Monday with an FBI raid and interacting with cocaine dealers that's a property manager's life pretty much you never know who your neighbor is i guess moral of the story (laughs) that's terrifying (laughs) that is terrifying oh my goodness oh what's your next story so my next story uh happened at a different community lest people think that um the same things always happen at the same place people are going to wonder what community it is so that they can stay away but um it was at a different community it was also a mid-rise also an a-class asset so um definitely a place where You want to really just keep things up, keep people happy, do whatever you can to keep people happy in their home since they're paying so much for it. Well, we had a little old lady, let's just call her Jane. And I want to say at that point, she was in her 80s. And she was honestly probably getting to the point where she needed to have either a live-in caregiver or be somewhere where people could give her the proper amount of care that she needed. But she was so, so sweet. Um, You know, she would make things for us on occasion. Um, She was kind of famous from the moment I got to the property because I guess she had made um, boiled eggs for a service team member um, that ended up being rotten. And so he had uh, eaten those and let's just say didn't feel very well immediately afterwards. But um, 
she was really notorious to me because she lived on the first floor just around the corner from the office and so she would intentionally leave her door open so that she would be able to scream at us when she needed something so we had to have multiple conversations with Jane about it not being appropriate to leave her door open so that she could scream at us when she needed something (laughs) Um, such as help with her tv remote or someone coming in and adjusting her thermostat. She was so sweet, but she would literally just yell. She'd be like, Sarah, when she needed something. So. Oh, it probably was time for her to get some help. Uh, absolutely agreed. I think um, it was probably like a year later that uh, her family kind of came to that realization as well. And Um, put her somewhere where she could have the care that she needed and deserved so but she was a riot and she actually um, you know it was such a such a nice community Um, and I found out that she had won the lottery at one point and so she was just living the dream living life living off of her lottery (laughs) savings yes that's how she could afford that (laughs) well then she should have just stayed there and hired someone (laughs) to be at like her beck and call and then like hey you're my live-in helper or I love that I mean I'm assuming she could afford it but who knows (laughs) do you have any um kind of tumultuous or um other crazy stories oh but of course so how can we forget about my favorite alcoholic resident who (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's not a joking matter in one way because you can definitely tell that he struggled um, with that addiction, but it was also just something that we weren't able to tolerate after he attempted to run someone over. So um, he was like on, did you find out he tried to run someone over out in the streets in public or was this on site? It was on site. So (laughs) of course it was on site. Why would it happen anywhere but the property that I was supervising? Mm. (laughs) So he was just kind of known to be a kind of volatile, cantankerous resident. And um, it wasn't rare for him to kind of get into arguments with his neighbors over really minimal, insignificant things. Like he had um, some potted plants that he liked leaving outside of his door, but um, they kind of obstructed his other neighbor's front door because of how close their front doors were. And so that was an argument that I had to break up one day over potted plants. So I don't even know what started the argument with his neighbor. Uh, But she, I was sitting in the office and she came running in and she was winded, upset. Um, I mean, just at wit's end. And I go, Oh my gosh, what's wrong? What happened? And she goes, my neighbor just tried to run me over. And I said, Max? And she's like, yeah, Max. And I didn't even know what to say. I said, did you call the police? And she's like, no, I'm telling you. I said, okay, well, I really think that you should call the police if he tried running you over. I was like, why would he do that? And she just kind of looked at me like, woman, I have the same question. (laughs) (laughs) And just for those of you listening, Max is a pseudonym. That is not the real residence name. Um, and so she went in and instead of calling the cops when someone tried to run her over, she, of course, like everyone else, thinks that the leasing team can help her navigate the situation. Right. You have a gentleman who thinks that it's appropriate to run people over with his car 
when they get in some type of argument and naturally I would be the one who would want to go talk him down from (laughs) that ledge. Did you ever figure out why? Why did he try and run her over? I didn't. I never figured out why. Um, I never was real. Of course, he came in shortly afterwards to try and offer his side of the um, story, which was that he never even tried to run her over. Um, But they ended up calling the police, filing a police report. We non-renewed him. At that point, he had just had so many interactions similar to that with his neighbors and with vendors even just coming onto the property to try and complete work that we were able to non-renew him. Oh, thank goodness. You're like, that is not my problem anymore. Yes. I mean, he moved across the street to the next community, so (laughs) he didn't Uh, go far, but at least he was off of our property. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they do just sometimes jump from one property to the other. It's like, good luck. You almost wish you could call the next leasing team and be like, just a forewarning, here's what's going on. (laughs) But if they don't do their due diligence to do a good, you know, check survey when they're... um, when they're approving them, then that's kind of on them. They should have done a rental criteria check. Right. I know. I mean, I hope for their sake, things mellowed out a little bit and for his sake as well, because I can't imagine how miserable it would be to live life that way. But at the very least, he wasn't terrorizing my residence anymore. Very true. So for my next story, uh, it involves a fire. um, And On a pretty routine basis, we'll do uh, unit inspections and property walks just to try and prevent uh, fire, flood, blood scenarios from occurring, keep the aesthetic of the property up. And so I had just completed a round of patio inspections, meaning I was just walking around, making sure that people had appropriate items on their patios. Um, And one of the major things that we keep our eyes peeled for are grills. Uh, due to the laws in the state that I work in. So um, people are not allowed to have or use grills on their patios because of the fire hazard. And so on this particular um, patio walk that I was doing, I noticed that one of my uh, residents had a charcoal grill on his patio, which is not allowed. So I had sent a notice to him Um, after giving him a phone call and he insisted that he did not have a grill on his patio and I thought well that's odd because I saw it with my own two eyes but if it's not there anymore then okay I'm not gonna fight you on it Uh, so a couple days later one of his neighbors came in because my residents were so great and really helped to self-regulate the community and they said hey so and so has a grill that he's been using it's kind of irritating me because the smoke and smell from it is wafting up into my apartment. And now my apartment smells like a barbecue joint. So I contacted him again and I said, Hey, I really need to make sure that this is not something that continues happening because I don't want to have to serve you with a legal notice. And once again, he was adamant and he actually even got upset with me that I was calling him again about something that he claimed to not have. Um, and so, and the way the community was built too, if someone is talking about their neighbor, it's pretty apparent that they're talking about their neighbor because everyone only had one neighbor. It's kind of, well, and what does he think? You could just walk out the door to his apartment 
and take a picture. Correct. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Why argue when you're like blatantly lying? Okay. But he was so adamant about it. He was so adamant about it. He just maintained his innocence. So I was like, okay, you know, eventually we're going to get him on this because I would walk by. Mind you, everyone had garages at this community. So I think he had just moved it to his garage and then would move it out to his patio when he would use it so that I couldn't see it anymore. Mm, Okay. Well, fast forward to that weekend, I'm sitting at home and my leasing agent who's working in the office on the weekends gives me a call and she says, there's been a fire. I thought she was joking because, you know, we had just kind of gone back and forth about the types of things that she could call me for on the weekend and the types of things to maybe (laughs) wait until Monday. So she calls and she literally just says, there's been a fire. And I go, oh, that's not funny. Like, what do you need? She's like, no, seriously, there's been a fire. The fire department is here. Can you please come? I don't know what to do. So I go to the property and our dumpster had exploded. And I literally mean exploded. Like they had to remove the dumpster. The city had to bring a new one because something had exploded in the dumpster. So I followed up with the fire department on it because I had to purchase a new dumpster. Um, the, all the landscaping up above where that dumpster was was singed. And the fire department actually told me, had we not trimmed those trees recently, um, they probably would have caught fire and it would have been a bigger deal. But thankfully, um, they were able to put it out quickly. And so I asked them what started it. And they told me that after looking through the dumpster, it appeared that some charcoal bricks from a grill had been dumped into the dumpster. And there was something combustible in there. And when the, although they obviously weren't on fire, just with the heat right, and with the right, flame, yeah. it had caused the explosion. So at that point, (laughs) I was pretty irritated because I had already been dealing with this grill that didn't exist, but now this non-existent charcoal grill had caused an explosion in one of my dumpsters. So we had to come to Jesus, me and that resident did. Um, And I asked his neighbors, you know, what happened because they had been home on a Sunday afternoon and suddenly heard an explosion outside their door. And they said that when it happened... They saw their neighbor running to the dumpster (laughs) with a really (laughs) panicked look on his face after he had dumped some charcoal bricks in there. Oh, my goodness. Did you make him pay for the new dumpster? Absolutely. And the landscaping (laughs) trimming. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know what? I've had to deal with several fires, and so many of them are in dumpsters. And it's kind of like a blessing because they normally are localized. A couple of them that I've had to deal with have gotten out of hand and they have gone to a building, unfortunately, but I, I will take a dumpster fire over a building fire any day of the week. Absolutely. And it's really just, I mean, it terrified me. It really did because that's why we're not just trying to lay down the law to lay down the law. It truly is a fire hazard. It's the state law as well. And so had his neighbors not been home you know, to call the fire department because they were the ones who called the fire department. Who knows? That blaze could have spread. It could have spread to a building. It could have endangered someone's life. And thank goodness it didn't. But I guess the lesson is always follow the rules that your community (laughs) manager says to because they're there for a good reason, although they might seem annoying at the time. 
you know what? I'm I'm secretly but not so secretly happy that you were vindicated and that his <laughs> argumentative behavior of telling you you were lying about his grill bit him <laughs> in his booty. You were like, uh-uh, I got you. <laughs> All right. Take us out with a feel-good story. Do you have, like, a feel-good story or a laugh-out-loud story in your head? I really do. I okay, um, it. It's so great because as many residents as we might have who start those fires, who, who <laughs> scream at you from around the corner, or who decide to, you know, sell cocaine for a living – those ones are few and far between in my experience. And you do make some really amazing connections with people when you work um, in the place that is people's home. So I had a resident who, and I guess I should um, back up a little. I love to read. I have always loved to read. Um, it is just a passion of mine. And so I had a resident who was an author and he'd written several kind of professional and personal development books. Um, And he actually started his own coaching company. And so me and him just got to talking one day. And I remember we started talking about books. And then he was so kind. And he brought in one of his books, signed it for me, wrote a really lovely note in there, just, you know, expressing his gratitude um, and expressing that he hoped whatever I decided to do in life, because at that point I was still pretty green and new to the industry, that it was something that allowed me to kind of serve my higher purpose. And I was cleaning my bookshelf the, a couple weeks ago and I found that book and I connected with him on LinkedIn and just said, thank you because the conversation we had and um, the words in his book really did inspire me in a lot of different ways. And he sent me another book that he had written. And I don't know if it was intentional or not based on the conversation we had had at that time. But he had his um, business card wedged in between a couple pages of the book. And where his card was wedged uh, landed in a spot of his book that just talked about continuing to take action in your life and um, always pushing forward and, you know, not letting what's going on in your current situation deter you from what you want long term. And it was kind of just a moment where those were the words that I needed to hear at that exact moment. It inspired me to take some changes in my life. And as a result, I had some really amazing things happen that propelled my career in ways that I would not even have imagined possible. So um, you do encounter some pretty inspiring residents, and he's definitely one of them. I love that. There, we could host an entire show about all of our inspiring residents because we get touched as leasing professionals or as property management professionals by our residents in such profound ways. And they will never know sometimes how they impacted us. So that is a truly great story to end on. And I, I appreciate you coming on and telling us um, about FBI raids and fires. They were great. And so thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Again, thanks so much for having me, Rebecca. I hope you enjoyed Sarah's stories. And if you have your own outlandish property management moments, I'd love to hear about them and possibly feature you on an upcoming podcast. 
visit me on my website at multifamilytrainer.com, click podcast, and I'll reach out. That does it for episode number nine of True Confessions Property Management. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Till next time, I'm Rebecca Jenkins, the multifamily trainer, signing off. Have a wonderful week.